You are listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This podcast is hosted by retired corrections officer, Mark DeWolf, who will discuss various topics prevalent to corrections, gay culture, arts and entertainment, as well as current events. Listeners need to be advised that this podcast will discuss situations involving extreme violence, substance abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Details of actual events have been modified so as to protect the privacy of involved parties. Welcome back to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This is episode 22, and it's actually the second part of the ABCs of STDs. Now, today we're going to be talking about herpes, monkeypox, HPV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and genital warts. I'm going to put the link for the Center for Disease Control on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts for the Gay Florida Man podcast. And if you have any type of questions that you want to research more of this information, I definitely advise you to check it out. There's a lot of information on there with the Center for Disease Control. Very important stuff. Make sure you research it and you be safe if you're going to be spreading your legs. So joining me once again for the ABCs of STDs as we talk about herpes is my good friend, (laughs) physician assistant Sue. How are you? I am well. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me again. Absolutely. I'm quite spoiled on all these great topics we get to talk about. (laughs) All the different (laughs) things that we need to get the information out there, educate people about the risks of being sexually active, sharing needles, uh, the different ways you can spread disease. So herpes, I don't really understand where they come up with these names, herpes, Sue, because herpes to me sounds like a kid's breakfast cereal. You know, I mean, can't you imagine like, mom, Bobby won't give me my herpes. Like, Bobby, give your sister herpes right now. It's Cheerios. It's just a different brand of Cheerios. (laughs) Yes. Go watch cartoons and eat your herpes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. I mean, it does kind of have like a fun childlike name, even though it's serious shit. Yes, it is serious shit. (laughs) Collect yes. yourself, Sue. Collect yourself. <laughs> you, okay, we talked about it a little bit when we talked about HIV and AIDS. You had made reference, and you kept saying herpes is the gift that keeps on giving. So, like any other gift that you don't like, is it okay to re-gift it? Uh, no, but you're probably going to. So, oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's not okay to re-gift it. Sharing but... is caring. Um, except in the case of herpes. So. <laughs> okay. So what is herpes? Herpes is a virus um, for another one for which there is no cure. Like the other viruses, gets in through skin contact, so not necessarily body fluids. Um, so you can get it through skin-to-skin contact. You can also get it through saliva with oral sex as well. There's two designated types of herpes, herpes one, which it used to be just above the belt. So anybody who has cold sores, herpes one, and then herpes two, which is below the belt. So genital herpes. Has anyone ever actually died from herpes? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Actually, you can get a herpes encephalitis and it can invade the brain. Probably not in anybody who's completely or who's not immunocompromised. I don't know the stats on that, but um, yes, herpes can be fatal. It can um, definitely cause all kinds of long-term problems. And herpes is fairly common. It is so common. Um, current stats are, and this is an old stat, so 12% of all people, and I think it's probably higher than that. Problem is, because you can carry it and give it away and not know, um, and 87% of people who have it never receive a diagnosis on it. Wow. Um, so it is the gift that keeps on giving because you can have it and spread it. And, you know, you might have one little lesion thing that looks like an ingrown hair. You, it's not a big deal. Um, but the person you give it to might have a really severe case and have huge issues with it. Oh, it just it reacts differently with different people. It does. It does. Yeah, okay. it is. Yep. Is and and so there's no cure once you have herpes one or two you you carry it for the rest of your life. Correct. Okay. Correct. And you have an outbreak. You get like you say these blisters or sores. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Some people will get what's called a prodrome, so that they get um, a little itching or burning or numbness. That doesn't always happen, and it seems the longer people have infections, the less they know about the prodrome you know, unless they get it, they'll have these outbreaks. What we used to think was just, you know, one and two above the waist, below the waist. Now we know that they can cross. So you can get herpes one below the waist. And oh. yeah, and I have some of the most vicious infections I've ever seen um, turned out to be a herpes one um, in the genital area. They, oh, yeah, they're ugly. You have an outbreak. Is it something that typically goes away on its own or you have to go to the doctor to get treatment? It can go away in a light case. It definitely can. It can, you know, if you ignore it, well, if you ignore anything, it'll go away. But um, <laughs> you know, sooner or later, it's, there is treatment for it now. We have, and actually one of the reasons, one of the reasons this kind of comes up in my mind is because the drug that's developed for herpes actually came out of research into HIV. Mm. So it was the first antiviral that was on the market, and it's a direct result of HIV research. So, you know, bad things happen, but hopefully good science comes out of them. So you go to the doctor, you do a panel for different diseases, venereal diseases that you possibly could have gotten from somebody. The doctor comes back, he tells you that you've got, you know, herpes. What medication uh, are, are we talking about here? And you don't go on it until you actually show results or it's something you should be on immediately. That's the problem with herpes is the panel that you can run for people who have not been diagnosed with it just to see if they have it can sometimes be tricky to get a good answer, especially if it's not ordered correctly. If you don't order it correctly, they, don't, they do the wrong thing um, and it comes back negative. But if it's ordered correctly and you get a diagnosis of herpes, then you should be on the lookout for, for it. But if someone has more than one outbreak, either orally or genitally, uh, I'm a firm believer in that they should be on suppressive therapy for at least six months. Because the problem with herpes is that you are 10,000 times more likely to transmit it the day before you break out. Oh. So the day before you know you have it 
is when you have the highest highest load in your in your skin and your tissues and so you could have sex one day think you're fine two days later break out with herpes and you know have passed it okay okay is there something that somebody could say to their doctor to make sure they get the proper test yeah, they should ask them to do the herpes one and two um, antibody and antigen panel. That's um, good information. And if their doctor, hopefully they don't continue to look at them cross-eyed or <laughs> they'll just poo-poo it or whatever. You can run a blood panel if someone's been, it's just like any virus though, if they've you know, just had sex with the partner, it might not be positive for a while. You know, you can run it again. I've definitely had that situation a number of times. And people will, you know, will run a panel, maybe they're their partner, they had infidelity or whatever. And it's like, oh, you're fine. And then three months later, it's like, oh, shit. now you have it. You should be on the lookout at it for the first outbreak has a tendency to be the worst. I've seen some vicious ones. Okay, when you say a vicious outbreak, whether it be herpes one or herpes two above or below the belt, I just want to understand the difference between a mild outbreak and a mm-hmm. severe. I mean, a severe is going to have a whole bunch of like red dots. Um, you said like an ingrown hair is your description. Well, and then those, yeah, you can have a mild outbreak where you've got just a couple of, you know, you've got a little itching or burning and you've got a couple of little things you might not even notice, you might not even see it, might be where you can't see it. And it's no big deal. A vicious outbreak, those will turn into big ulcerations, a lot of swollen lymph glands and you know whatever body parts affected, fever, chills, feeling sick. Wow. Oh, it can be bad. I've seen a lot of first outbreaks and people are just, they're down and out for over a week. Oh. And even then you get them on medications, it's still gonna be a couple of days before that starts to help. Some people seem to have an innate immunity to herpes and other people seem to be quite susceptible um, to getting it and then to having repeated attacks. And they're so, attacks can be so awful. Like I say that, you know, some doctors will be like, oh, just take this when you have an attack or you have it three or four times a year. Oh, poor you. Attacks are so vicious that if you have one, there's no reason to have another. You've been diagnosed. You have the virus. There's no reason not to take medication every day for at least six months and then go off and see what happens. Okay. Gotcha. That's good information. Uh, I know that herpes, you had said that skin on skin contact. So other than remaining abstinent, what other things could somebody do to reduce their risk of catching herpes from a partner? and, And that's the thing. Um, it is pretty difficult because you can have oral sex and you, you know, maybe you just only have occasional oral herpes or something mm-hmm. and you can have oral sex and pass it to your partner genitally, um, with all good intentions of not knowing that you're passing it or getting it and then you get it. So if someone has a lot of attacks or in my mind, more than once, you can go on a suppressive pill called Valtrex or Acyclovir. There's two different meds for it. But the reason it comes up in my mind with HIV so often is because being immune suppressed at all makes it more likely to have, more likely for you to get herpes as well. 
So not only can you get one ugly virus, you can get another one on top of it. So then you just oh. add another pill to your regimen. I saw a way older woman, straight woman, who had the worst outbreak I've ever seen. And she somehow got a body-wide herpes, perhaps from her partner. A body-wide? Like, yes. what, is, what does that mean? That like, means you're scaring that the shit out of me, Sue. She had it. <laughs> she had it everywhere. She had it genitally. She had it in her mouth. She had it everywhere. We were almost ready to hospitalize her. She was very, very sick. And she wow. had no underlying health issues. So we really never did find out why she had such a bad time of it. How long before she went to the doctor or came to you? She came in really early on because she really wasn't feeling well. She had the prodrome symptoms, headache and fevers and body aches, but we couldn't come up with anything in particular because, I mean, seriously, this woman was in her 70s. She hadn't had any sexual partners or anything like that. Um, and it wasn't until she came back after she broke out in one little area that all of that started that that Whoa. cleared that up. Yeah. Yeah. So herpes is, to me, one of the scariest things out there, quite frankly. Interesting. I always bring this up. Is the medication to treat herpes or at least the, the outbreaks, is it an inexpensive medication? Because it's cheap. Okay. Because herpes has been around for so long. So right. if somebody didn't have health coverage, would they be able to treat it relatively inexpensively? Yes. Okay. Yes. There cool. are generics of both of those drugs and they're quite cheap. Um, and if someone is prone to herpes or shingles, which is kind of a related virus too, it's in that family, I tell people to get on some L-lysine, which is just an amino acid over-the-counter amino acid. You can get at a health food store. It's very safe, has been shown to decrease reactions to herpes. Okay. Outbreaks. Gotcha. You know, we've got something new that's been popping up in the news relatively recently. And I know there's a lot of discussions. You see it on social media, see it on the news. There's this thing called monkeypox. We had chicken pox. Now we have monkeypox. Mm -hmm. I've suffered for years from smallpox. I don't know <laughs> if it's in that same field, that same family. Not quite as serious. Yours is absolutely uh, just not treatable. So sorry. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> At least I don't have any outbreaks. I mean, it's there. It's a button on a fur coat, but it's all I got. You got to implant implants for you, dude. Sorry. That's going to be another episode, <laughs> Sue. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> all right. So tell me about monkeypox. <laughs> what is this new thing that I'm seeing all over social media, the news, everywhere? Monkeypox is in the same family of as smallpox, and it's been fairly contained to African countries, South African countries. For the most part, although the United States did have a monkeypox outbreak in somewhere in the early 90s, I think. This but, has been around? It's not as new oh, as I yeah. think it is? Oh, no, it's not new. Uh, how no. long has it been around? I, as long as anyone has been, it's been around at least as long as smallpox. Wow. Okay. It's been it's been around. Yeah. It has been a worldwide plague in a number of places. It's rarely fatal in healthy people, but you become quite sick. But in people who are not healthy, who again might also have a, you know, concomitant HIV or something like that, you can be very, very ill with it. And it is related to smallpox. All of us older people who have the <laughs> smallpox scars. 
probably not you. Well, so, I've got the small cock scar. Every time yes. I pull down my pants, I got small Well, but cock. you don't have to go around flashing that to show people you're immune. So, I mean, you can if you want. But I'm definitely, I'm they'll definitely, run away. I'm, I'm definitely the victim here, Sue. Yeah, yeah, they'll run away. So you need to scare people up that way. <laughs> they got nothing to fear, I'm telling like, you. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, people who have had the smallpox vaccine, and I think they stopped doing that in the 70s. I think okay. because smallpox was eradicated um, from the world. But people have had the smallpox vaccine. So again, all of us old people are 85%. That's 85% effective against monkeypox. What should somebody look for with monkeypox? Uh, they start to feel badly. So as with everything, you start to feel badly. And then you start to get little like... Not quite a blister, but bumps, particularly on hands and feet, um, is a lot of times where it starts. And then it sometimes it's just in the genital area if that's where you picked it up. So again, just the red bump kind of thing. And then they turn into, again, these great big ulcers. So like chicken pox kinds of lesions. So I don't know if you remember having chicken pox when you were a kid. Oh, um, yes. Yep. But very similar. Very similar. So symptoms are very similar. But in adults, that's really, you know, that's incredibly uncomfortable. And people are quite sick. There is a medication for it, but it's hard to get. It doesn't really take effect very well, kind of knocks the symptoms down a little bit. And we have a vaccine, not incredibly effective and not oh. widely available. Okay. Although Utah, interestingly, because we were the second place that, out, that we had an outbreak. Really? Yes. Oh. Weird. Oh no. Utah County. Well, Are you kidding? Um, well, <laughs> I never lived in Utah County. I was oh, up in Davis Lordy. County and then Salt Lake County. Oh, hidden secrets. Um, <laughs> pe people who people who traveled. Um, men who oh. had traveled brought it back. Were they serving yeah. any particular organization? religious organization no 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 okay okay no 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 they weren't <laughs> they weren't serving i think they were on a little vacay okay um okay. and brought it back and so utah actually has vaccine for this amazingly so this is under the umbrella of stds it's transferred through sexual activity or is it like herpes skin-to-skin -skin contact it's skin-to-skin -skin contact, so it could be considered an STD, depending on what criteria you want to use, but vast majority of cases we're seeing are in men who have sex with men because they have a tendency to have high-risk sex, multiple partners in one episode, that kind of thing. So it's skin-to-skin -skin contact. You can actually get it if um, somebody is really sick and they have liquid from the lesions on their bedding. Oh. So if you, yeah, that's kind of gross. So like if you're doing somebody's laundry or something like that, I mean, if I, I tell you what, if I was a hotel maid about now, I'd be panicking. <laughs> like, give me the biohazard, yeah, yeah. you know, suits. Kissing, hugging, cuddling. So if there's just a lot of, a lot of skin friction, they've had a couple of cases in kids. I'm not aware of how those were transmitted, but those were within household contacts. Interesting. Okay. Mm, yeah. I just didn't know if it was something that condoms would help prevent. It doesn't sound like that's going to help. It wouldn't help prevent it. Definitely help a little bit. Sure. As far as body fluids, but you still got all that skin around there. It's definitely going to help a little bit when we're talking about my small cocks. Um, just, 
a body wide baggie is what you need at this point. But you should be fine because you won't have to poke a hole in the baggie. This is true. This is true. So dented a little bit. Treatment for monkeypox, you said. There's a medication available okay. that your that your doctor can order. The problem is being able to get your hands on the meds. So low availability. Low availability, as like everything, you know, we're behind any sorts of medications and our world stockpile is down. Right, of course. On anything. Yes. Any other final thoughts on monkeypox now that I've been briefed and I understand not, what I need to avoid? Not a, no, not a lot. I mean, if somebody engaged in high-risk sex, I would strongly suggest that they get immunized. I think it's very interesting what you said about the bed sheets, though, because if somebody does have lesions and if they're making contact with surfaces, that there is a risk there. And yes. that's very important. You know, just none of this blindfolded sex, please. Because can you please just look at where you're putting it? There should be some warning signs there. Things to look for before you engage in sexual activity. Well, one would hope. <laughs> the lights are out, Sue. <laughs> and I, I'm all out of glow-in-the-dark condoms. <laughs> Turn the lights on. Just put, a, <laughs> put a couple of those little snappy neon glow-in-the-dark things. Just hold... Put those on your nipples so you've got this nice glow. <laughs> I love your creativity today. <laughs> Just put that on there. It's always great to have, get a little history from your partners. I get it when you're, that doesn't happen, but it, you're it should. Talking, you're talking to the gay Florida man. I know. I'm I, afraid of the history of some of the people I've met. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. we're talking a truck stop here. You know, I mean... There's probably a reputation there. I mean, I got a phone number off the wall. Well, we won't, and, we won't. That, again, that's another episode. Again, and then you have to come see, you know, Dr. My, Ruth in Utah County, who's just going to be, <laughs> you know, clucking our tongue at you. So, uh, what is the next STD that you would like to talk about, Sue? Because we, we're doing the ABCs of STDs. I'm we just back. covered herpes. We've done monkey pox. What would be next? The big, Next one would be HPV, okay, which is human papillomavirus. So we're going to stick with yucky viruses here for a minute. That's also spread in sexual contact. Okay. And that is another virus that you can spread orally and vaginally and rectally. So all of those things. It is the cause of about 99% of genital cancers in women, as well as in men. And it's a nasty little virus you don't know you have, unless you're screened for it. Is it typical to be part of the panel of sexually transmitted diseases that your doctor would have you go get tested for, HPV? Is that part of the panel or is it something you have to specifically ask for? I would specifically ask because in my okay. experience, doctors don't do enough history as far as well do you have sex with men okay let's swab your bum it is a direct swab it is a swab to the cervix or to the bum um, and that the problem is because it can also affect you orally it is responsible for last stat i saw today was anywhere between 30 and 70 percent of head and neck cancers Really? Because of the mouth? Yes, it gets in the mouth. It can, and you add that to smoking, and then you're really um, high gonna, risk. High risk if you're yeah, smoking cancer. as well with tongue and neck cancers, as well as rectal cancers and 
cervical cancers. HPV, symptoms H- that I'm looking for. What there are looking? none. None at all? No. Nothing. No. Does your body feel worn out, tired like other viruses? Uh, it's no. just there in you. It's just there in you causing those little cellular changes. So uh, men who have sex yeah, with I- men really need to have pap smears of the anus every year, just like women do. You'd go in and say, hey, swap this and see if I have this. You know, it's a good thing. I get my colon checked constantly, Sue. It's not yes, necessarily but it doesn't have a light on it, typically. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from a doctor. It's not from a cotton swab. But, but he sure was good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really, really good advice to get a test done regularly if you're aging. When they test you with a swab in the rectum, do they need to also swab your mouth? Uh, uh, can do. It, yeah, they can. They can do. It's not really common practice right now, simply because the virus is hard to find there because you move fluids in your mouth faster, saliva and stuff. It's harder to get a good sample. Gotcha. HPV. Fun. That's interesting. And it could yeah. lead to cancer. Yes. Head and neck, larynx, cancer. Absolutely. People really need to put this at the top of their list. because There are so many top of the list. Well, there is, but this one just seems like it kind of flies under the radar because there's a lack of symptoms and there's a lack of standard testing on it. There is, I mean, it's very, it's common in women and women go in every year for pap tests and that's what they're, that's what we're looking for. We just need to have men who have sex with men or providers who specialize in having of taking care of men who have sex with men it might vary from office to office mm-hmm. but people have a tendency not to worry about things that they can't see or they're embarrassed to ask about of course if people could just get over that insecurity um, about asking these questions so much could be prevented and if you do have something in your body, some type of virus, you could have a jump start on getting treatment or a mm-hmm. plan in place and protect yourself and the person that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why providers are afraid to ask about this thing. I don't get it. I've never understood that. They just want to reduce the embarrassment to the patient, maybe? No, I don't think that. I think people who have, I mean, men who have sex with men are going to admit to it. You just need to ask. A good patient history should include sexual activities. It's not that big of a production. Um, might be easier in practices where they have a high number of known men who have sex with men. But unfortunately, in places like, you know, Utah County, Land of Secrets, no, but either <laughs> they're not going to admit or they don't, they're not going to ask because there's so many things that people won't admit to her. And the problem is if you have sex, if you have a man who has sex with men and they get the virus and then they're still having sex with their wives, they're going to transmit it to her. So there's a really uh, fun conversation to have. Right. Yeah. I was young and I needed the money, Sue. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a little cotton swab. It's definitely less than you've, definitely less than you've been doing. Yeah. That pretty much covers HPV, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, I had a gal. Oh, this is such a oh, sad story. It was not HPV. Back to herpes. Um, she got herpes on her wedding, on her wedding, on her honeymoon, um, and came wow. in. Wow. Yeah, came in to see me when she got back, and she had this raging case of herpes. It was horrible. She hadn't been with anybody, and she just got back from Hawaii, whatever. I asked them specifically, 
nobody had had sex with anybody. Right. Um, right, and right, then I got a phone call after they left. I got a phone call from the husband who said, yeah, I'd had sex before this. Well, you know, I was on my mission. And so I, oh. I, had, I had told my bishop and he said I, I had repented. So it should be fine. So I didn't have to tell my wife. Oh, okay. What he didn't want to say is he had sex with his bishop. What a chuffer. Yeah. <laughs> <The> secrets. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, okay. I was pissed. I never did find out what happened to that marriage, but I hope she dumped his sorry ass. You know, if you're going into a marriage and then you start finding out all these lies, that's not a good sign. That's no. not a good sign. HPV, now you know. You have information. Go to your doctor, get tests, protect yourself, and protect the ones you love. Sue, what's next on the list? Next on the list would be, um, let's see, let's start with chlamydia. Ooh, yes. that sounds fun. Yeah. Chlamydia, is, <laughs> mm -hmm. chlamydia can be spread in all our you know, favorite ways. Um, <laughs> not through touch, but mm -hmm. body fluids and sex. And that's another one that men need to have be screened for yearly. So you can have your chlamydia swab and your HPV swab, and it can actually be done on the same swab. Okay. So, you know, you don't have to be using a whole box of Q-tips to get each test. Just, just one. That can cause problems with sore throats. And in women, if it's passed to a woman, pelvic inflammatory disorder, sterility, from scarring, not as much of a problem for men who don't have sex with women as far as their target audience. Men, again, need to have rectal, annual rectal screening. Okay. So, and, uh, you know, if you know somebody that's been diagnosed with chlamydia, the health department will call you. This, these are all reportable diseases. With chlamydia and uh, a woman becoming sterile, is that immediate or that's over time that if it goes untreated she could become sterile that's over time so okay. it causes scarring and, and huge amounts of pelvic pain it's the most oh. common cause of pelvic pain what am i looking for with chlamydia what are the the symptoms maybe just a little bit of penis drip not much usually oh. and it might only last for just for just it's usually clear white maybe just a day or whatever um, the problem with men is, you know, you pee in the same spout there and you're just rinsing stuff out. So those things aren't as noticeable. Maybe a little bit of stinging. Um, the nice thing about chlamydia is it's easy to recognize and it's easy to fix. Medication is super easy. Um, Expensive? No, cheap. Okay. No, cheap. Getting a little bit of, with everything, antibiotic resistance because people don't complete their full course of medicine. So my favorite medicine to treat it is just a single dose. Here, let me watch you swallow this dose. So hmm. pretty easy. The chlamydia is the one that where you'll hear common references to the drip. No, you're probably talking more about gonorrhea. Oh, okay. So you could get a oozing from your penis from chlamydia or gonorrhea uh -huh. uh huh okay yeah is it more excessive with gonorrhea it has a tendency yes to be cloudier cloudier maybe more yellow sting more more uncomfortable when you pee and the problem with chlamydia also is it can settle in a man's prostate so it can give you a chronic prostatitis 
that's unpleasant. What is that? I don't know what that is. The, you know where the prostate gland is, right? Right mm -hmm. there in the base of your bladder there. So fluid comes out from the prostate. So if you get a chronic prostatitis, you have pain. You have pain in your butt all the time. You have pain when you, when you sit down. So like in that perineal area, you can have pain when you pee. Um, so chronic prostatitis is once it settles in there, it's very difficult to get treated. Oh. Um, that's another side effect of the chlamydia. So best to not let it get to that point. And if somebody has a chronic prostatitis, it's just assumed that they have had a chlamydia infection. Okay. So you Good just really pound them with antibiotics. Right. Make sure you get treated early, get tested mm -hmm. annually yeah, for chlamydia. At least. Yeah. At least. Kind, yeah. Okay. Chlamydia is easy to test for. So again, I realize, you know, you don't want to go in every two or three months, but it certainly depends on what kind of high risk behavior you're having. And that one is strictly through blood and body fluid. You wear a condom, you're good. Okay. Good to know. Yep. And you can get chlamydia in the mouth too. So you should be using condoms when you do blowjobs. So chlamydia in the mouth, like, so what, what would the symptoms be if like normally with the penis, you're looking for some type of discharge? With the mouth, do sore you throat, just... sore okay. throat. Because I was one time at a Chippendale show, and I was getting excessively uh, <laughs> fluid running out of my mouth. I thought it was drool because of the guys dancing. I, I was scared. I didn't know if maybe I had chlamydia of the mouth. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you probably were foaming at the mouth. I have. No I was. Doubt. But as long as you weren't, you know, doing cereal blowjobs from stage, you're probably okay. No, so. no, just just watching. Just no watching. dipping just there. The okay. God. Okay. I, Wishing though, wishing. Okay. What do we, what's next after chlamydia? God, I feel like I'm catching everything from you. I know. It's such a, this is kind of, why did you give me this topic for God's I, sake? It's God, not I, fun. You're sharing all this disgusting stuff you're not supposed yes. to share. I mean, exactly. This all is, these gifts. Yeah. Welcome to my life. Of, <laughs> right. You right. know, wow, how about this? Yeah. So let's see. Let's try. Okay. We'll stick with gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. That gonorrhea. doesn't sound as fun. Yeah. No. That is herpes. No. Gonorrhea can also cause some prostatitis. It's the one that's associated usually with a goopy penis discharge. Okay. Unfortunately, like all the other stuff that people keep spreading around, increasingly drug resistant. So gonorrhea you have to treat with a the most effective way is with a shot okay hurts when you pee you have discharge it can itch i've seen cases where you know they just come in and like oh every time i pee it kind of itches on the tip like all right nothing there but and soreness so typically for instance i will go back to the prison here for a second they'd come in we'd Give them a shot. We'd give them a single dose of antibiotic that killed everything. Um, we didn't typically screen and do butt swabs for things. Oh, I just thought of another one we haven't touched on that will just completely disgusting. You need to look at. You well, to touch me anytime you want with any uh, of these diseases. But gonorrhea in becoming increasingly more prevalent again because of the last couple of years, people haven't been following up on their checkups and stuff. So during the pandemic. You know, people didn't go to the doctors. So big outbreak of chlamydia and syphilis in Utah. I don't know how Florida is doing, but I can't imagine they're any different. Well, you know, it's crazy because I don't know if you know this, but there's so many retirees here in Florida. And so a lot of these diseases that we're talking about, these viruses and such, 
a lot of them get spread in these retirement communities. Right. Right. Somebody that's widowed, it flourishes in those communities. Yeah. Hey, come on over for a cocktail. Next thing you know, you got chlamydia, gonorrhea, all of it. And for some reason, <laughs> providers are, are afraid to ask people over, you know, 65 if they've been exposed to this stuff. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, you young people did not invent sex. People over 65 are having a lot of sex. Sure, um, sure. So you should be asking about that as well. Since we're talking about that, is there higher risk of things happening if you catch any of this stuff in your later years? Is there other problems? with chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, et cetera, if you're, say, over the age of 50? Well, yes. Um, for chlamydia, that's definitely the case. Um, for HPV, it's most definitely the case, men and women, the prevalence of cervical cancer, rectal mm -hmm. cancer can go up in men because our immune system starts to tank as we get older. Oh, okay. Your resistance to these kinds of things go down. Your doctor doesn't think just because you're over 60, you're having sex with anybody anymore. I'd love to talk to a doc in Sun City, Arizona, a place where these retirement communities are, and ask them how they screen. That'd be a fun conversation. Um, so, yeah, and you're typically older people are on more medications and, you know, more likely to have other autoimmune things, arthritis and stuff like that. So, yeah. So complications are going to rise. Yep. Can do, for sure. You said gonorrhea was a shot? Gonorrhea is a shot, and then you really need to follow up three months later and see I've got a good cure on it. The problem is you give somebody a shot, they feel better, and a week later they're out doing it again. Um, and so you can just keep having these serial infections. Uh, and the shot can be a little painful. People are like, oh, I'm not doing that one again. I'm, where yeah, I've it, got the same symptoms, but I'm not doing it. Where so, is it typically administered? Where do you normally? Has to go in the hip. Okay. Hip, okay. And is it expensive, again, about the healthcare issue? No. No, inexpensive. Okay, that's inexpensive. good to know. Yep. Gonorrhea. Oh, yeah. and uh, how often do you typically recommend somebody that's sexually active for gonorrhea testing? You know, again, a good history If should be if people are having sex with more than two or three people in six months, they should be getting screened every six months. Okay. Probably up to the provider to ask. You know, young folks don't typically go in and volunteer for sure. Outreach is important. I know some places are doing more outreach. And especially places like jails and prisons and things like that, we just, I don't know what they're doing now, but when I was there, we did arbitrary just like, have this, have this. Let me ask you this. When somebody's sexually active and they're they're having a lot of intercourse with multiple um, sexual partners. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, what happens when they pick up more than one of these at a time? It's a challenge. It is. And you, you're, what's the, you're doing a lot of medication and trying to make the best dosing for them, you know, so that they'll be compliant and it, you won't make them sick. In the case of chlamydia and gonorrhea, those two typically go together. It's just like, take this medicine, let me watch you take it orally, and then here's a shot. Hopefully you've wiped, you know, you could do it all in one. But it's, sometimes it is tough to juggle, especially if you get a resistant one and you're having to do meds for seven to 10 days. It's tough to get people to take them, for sure. Uh, I know, right? God. I know. I what? am really ruining your day today. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm just going to have to masturbate for the rest of my life. Thanks a lot. I, to... 
Well, I know. know. That's you know. what can I say? Yeah. So, okay. Gonorrhea. Now, moving forward. What moving is next? Forward. Well, we really can't skip genital warts. <laughs> <laughs> that one really just makes we me cringe. We really want to, but we really shouldn't. I oh, do. God, I hate this. I, I drink. Do have a I'm... story. <laughs> but it was not me, Sue. And I'm not one of those guys sure. that says, I have a friend, and this is what happened. I was with a friend in Salt Lake City. We were at a club, and my friend was inebriated, making bad decisions. And he was all over this guy. And I'm like, what in the hell is wrong with you? Like, did you just drink alcohol? Or are you on heroin and meth and everything else? Do you you don't even know what this guy looks like? What the fuck's wrong with you? Did you take a Molly? Exactly. A lot of Molly. And it still wouldn't have made this guy what I deem is attractive. And again, I know it's relative. But he ends up going with this guy. Somebody else drove back to their house. In the car, he sticks his hand down the guy's pants and is grabbing his cock and it's like a french tickler there's bumps all over it oh oh i just just had breakfast oh god and so thank god that there was somebody else there and he's like uh i guess it became a discussion the new friend got driven back to salt lake city before anything happened which Uh, is good yes but now I'm nauseated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With all those warts on a penis, does it is it more stimulating during sex? I'm just curious. You're be- the wrong person, honey. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying I've seen like enough sex toys, and they make these vibrators with all these little bumps and stuff on it, you know, to enhance Ugh. the sexual experience. I'm wondering if somebody with genital warts, like. Is it more stimulating? Although you should be saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of stimulation. Why? What and then you the... realize that this person's cock is Why lumpy. does this thing look like a C-anemone? Um, <laughs> yeah. Lordy. So, okay. Right away. Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. The one thing that is nice about genital warts is I don't need to ask you, what am I looking for? Or <laughs> what are the true. symptoms? You know, you know. Uh, yeah, but I we mean, have to touch on it because it is an STD. So no, we definitely need to alphabet. touch on it. I mean, that yeah. that's the thing is even like Helen Keller could figure out somebody's got genital warts. She would be safe if she was sexually active because well, she'd know right away. The problem, yeah. The pro- here, let me touch that. But the, <laughs> oh, she's God damn! St- thanks for those mental pictures today. <laughs> right. But you can transmit genital warts and not have like the whole C anemone thing going on. So there's, so there is that. Um, okay. And so you know, if anybody sees anything anywhere that doesn't feel quite right, go into your dock and have them freeze that off because. Okay, to so get, to get rid of them is, requires cryotherapy, so liquid nitrogen or laser. Okay, so they freeze, cases. freeze the actual bump or laser it off. Right, and there but, is a cream that you can use if they're smaller. There's a cream that you can use three times a week. Once that bump is removed, is a person cured of that? Probably, but that's a big maybe. It's hard to say because that's another one that you can't s- microscopically. Yeah, probably, maybe not. It can be popping up somewhere else and you don't even see it. So, yeah. uh, so again, immunocompromised people, pregnant people, people have other types of issues much more likely to get. 
warts. So with genital warts, is it always a visual thing or is there some other way to test for genital warts like with the clinic? It's a visual. Just visual. When you see a wart or a bump, then something that's not normally there. Yep. Just reach for the liquid nitrogen. Yep. Here, hold this out, stretch it out. I'm freezing this, buddy. When I worked at the uh, the prison, there was a guy that had genital warts. And I remember they did some type of procedure like you're talking about. I think that they Probably froze laser. it. This was a long time ago. Mm. They froze it off the guy's penis. Yeah. Typically, because um, laser requires a a bigger deal for really severe cases, especially that go up the rectum for obvious reasons. That's a much bigger deal. But the other th interesting things, trivia, which applies to nothing, is when you laser warts, you have to use a, a device that sucks the smoke and the vapor from the laser because you can get warts virus transmitted. Oh. Can, it will aerosolize it, so to speak. Now, that's what I've heard. I mean, we were always really careful, and I know the laser folks, are, they had a like little vacuum that attached to the thing. But That's um, crazy. Let me ask you with gentle warts. So um, the ones that I've always heard about is the bumps on the penis. Mm -hmm. and, and can a girl get genital warts inside of her vagina? Yes. Okay. Either male or female inside the rectum? Oh, yes. Seems oh, I cannot even imagine that treatment. Seems to be particularly prone there because of the way the tissue, the skin changes from exterior to interior tissue. Mm -hmm. It's the same with vaginas and cervixes and insides of rectums that those epithelial cells are much more likely to become infected because they don't have that, you know, your skin is is a little, you know, you're not going to get a carpet berm as much on intact skin, for instance. Right, right. It's because right. It, it's a different kind of cell and it's tougher. Genital warts, that procedure to get them frozen or lasered, expensive? Probably. Yeah. Frozen, okay. not so much. If you can get on them early and have somebody just like hit them a few times with some liquid nitrogen, just suck it up. But it's an office call and it's probably a charge there. Laser's way what? more expensive. Would it be recommended, I've, you know, if I had genital warts and I don't have health insurance, but I got a buddy and he's got some of that, that Freon stuff that's like freezes chewing gum off the bottom of a movie theater seat and he's got a scalpel. Do you think we could save some money or would you not recommend oh, that? Oh, you would think of that, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I would say the risk of that. <laughs> that's a really close friend. That is probably, I would not take that risk simply because you might not have gloves. And if you cause bleeding, how are you going to explain that? Oh, that just brought to mind the most awesome story. I'll have to tell you before we leave. Okay. Um, um, doesn't have anything to do with STDs, but it's pure stupid. It does have to do with cocks. So. Okay. Um, so I would say that's probably a bad idea. Always go to the doctor. Don't try home treatments. Yeah. Do not uh, try without... this at home. With all the stuff that we've talked about, definitely talk to your doctor. Always go to a medical professional. Yeah. Don't start Googling how to fix stuff on your own. You don't want to run that risk. Wouldn't that be the safe thing to say? That's absolutely the safest thing to say. Yeah. And I, I know people do it. We're all aware of it. Oh, that leads right into the other story. And maybe you could freeze your own finger warts. So, I mean, technically, you could probably freeze you know, some minor warts, you probably could, but God, leave the scalpel out of it. 
Um, <laughs> but I mean, you've had warts frozen, right? At some point, not general warts, but I'm just going to assume. But um, I, I, you know, like I like on your finger or something. I've never, I've never had never a had wart, a wart removed. No. It hurts. It hurts. I imagine I've had ingrowing toenails. Yeah, yeah, when it I was hurts. In high school. Yeah, it 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 hurts. It causes a little blister. You have to protect that area so that. You don't get little raw spots. And yeah, it's uncomfortable. And you can get maybe 10 or 12 done before whoever it is you're doing it on of any sorts of whichever sexual orientation you have is like, oh, you are the fuck done now. We're getting out. So that's <laughs> try and do it in batches because it's not well tolerated. Ugh. There's also like this huge thing, like people have no problem getting tattoos all over their body. Exactly. So I think that the tolerance is higher now with this generation. We do have some topical lidocaine now, though. Okay. That we didn't have before. 20 years ago, I remember a guy with a tattoo on his, around his dick, his entire crotch of a screaming eagle with, you know, <laughs> and it went up the crack of his butt. And I don't, the guy was fairly comatose. Well, he was comatose, which is why back in the day, everybody was looking at it. <laughs> wow. It was so was the. Probably not the professional was, thing to do. Was his cock like the beak of the eagle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to Google that later. Uh, One last question on genital warts. If it does not get treated, any type of long-term health problems from not treating genital warts? Uh, several different varieties of genital warts, and two or three are associated with... You can begin to get changes in... The tissue, so it, you'd be more likely to have other things, a um, couple of maybe skin cancer types of things. Okay. Not to mention, if it gets big, hello, you're not going to be pooping past cauliflower. I mean, ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you started it. I know. Um, I know. You got to end it, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, other than the, I mean, the mechanical issues alone are. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, that's going to, you know, pretty much bring us to a close for oh. before we close out. Today, we left out syphilis, but other than that's, yeah. We're going to have to yeah. probably do at least one more episode on the ABCs <laughs> of STDs. <laughs> we're not done. Yeah, we're still not. Well, I mean, I, I love the fact that we're getting information out there and helping people and bringing awareness because you're explaining to me things that I didn't even know, especially the, the HPV. That is very, very important. And I love getting this information out there so that people are getting tested regularly. Like you said, with the COVID and increases in the transmission of sexually transmitted diseases, awareness is great so people can take care of themselves and take care of the ones that they love. Exactly. Don't give it away if you don't want it yourself. Exactly. Um, I want to say real quick, we had the interview with uh, Shishi LaRue. Did you enjoy that interview? I did. I did like that very much. I it did was, listen to it that was it was a lot of fun and she, she is so easy to talk to such a gracious, wonderful person. I have been inundated a little bit. I guess when I signed up to boost that post on Facebook, I guess that the algorithms really weren't like the demographics that typically this show would appeal to was not very precise. And so a lot of people in the Bible belt think that I am now aligned with Satan and they are praying for me. And so if you'll mm -hmm. go on the Facebook page for the Gay Florida Man podcast, and I'm telling this to everybody that's listening, please like and share our information, our posts, our different podcasts, because there's a lot of people now 
in the Bible belt that hate my guts. <laughs> and well, so they were, you. Very, they were good very outspoken <laughs> and they didn't even know like Shishi LaRue existed and they definitely don't like me and they are praying for me. There's a lot of very religious people. One lady was nice enough to tell me to burn in hell multiple times. Aren't they, bu- aren't they busy <laughs> praying for other people? I mean, quite frankly, uh, why are they bothering with you? I popped up, I guess, on their Facebook feed and they're pissed. So <laughs> they're pissed. So God bless them. At least a few are saying I'm going to, few of them are like, hey, I don't, I don't hate you. I hate the sin, not the sinner. Right. And yeah, so that's, should- that's sweet. You should provide instructions on there on here's how you block someone. Please block me. Well, I was proud that a lot of these people are able to read like they could actually read what the uh, the description of the podcast episode was. Anyways, for the people that do enjoy this show, please get on Facebook. Find the Gay Florida Man podcast. We're also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Please like and share if you want to continue to follow us and hear what we have to offer you as we cover things like Shishi LaRue, fantastic person, horror movies, STDs, all this fun stuff. So Quite the menu. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a buffet. <laughs> so I end today with the same thing I'm going to tell you every week, and that is to be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. And if you're sitting in prison, you're sitting in jail, or you're sitting on Facebook bitching about the gay Florida man, you're not good at it. <laughs> so good night, everybody. Thank you, Sue. Can't wait to talk to you again. Oh, that was so fun. Thank you. (laughs) 